Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Full Definition. Here on FD, we are looking at the fullness of life that Jesus talks about when he says, the reason he came, the reason he came was to give all of us, that's everyone, everywhere, full life. Life to the full. And we're looking at, what does that mean? What does that really look like? And how can we get some of that in our everyday lives? And I'm super excited today because we are going to be looking at something that I've been drawn deeper into over the past few weeks. And that is gratitude. But before we get carried away, before we get carried away, let's set a baseline. Let's look at what gratitude means. What is gratitude? If we look it up, we see that gratitude is defined as a deep appreciation of kindness, gifts, or benefits that we've received. And the important thing to note here is that we can only be grateful for things that we've received. So if we didn't get given something by someone, or if we didn't receive something from someone, then we have no reason to be grateful for it. So now, when I hear myself say, I'm really grateful for this thing, or I hear others say, I'm really grateful for that thing, it makes me wonder, who are we grateful to? That's a really interesting question, right? You know the feeling you get when you get given something that you desperately need? Like, you're, you're, you're kind of stuck. You've reached the end of yourself and you're like, I just don't know how this is going to work out. And then suddenly someone from somewhere just comes and says, here you go. And it's exactly what you needed. In that moment, no one needs to tell you to be like grateful, right? It's just coming. It's just flowing out. You're just like, wow, you did that. Thank you. Thank you. And you know, some people are so grateful. Like, you know, it's that deep appreciation, right? that they start going into well wishes. They're like, oh, bless you, bless your family, you know, bless your children. You know, they, they, they just start saying nice things. You will prosper, you will do well, you know. They just go on. And no one needs to encourage you to say that when you experience, you know, someone giving you a gift that is so valuable to you that you feel that deep sense of gratitude. I mean, sometimes we need to teach our children to appreciate <laughs> when we give them gifts. But as you mature, you know, when, when, when you mature, you don't need to be taught that anymore. You've learned it. You know that that's an appropriate response. Gratitude for someone who gives you something that you need. So as we're setting the baseline for gratitude here, one thing I think is that gratitude... You know, we don't get the full benefits, the enrichment to our lives from moments of gratitude until we've expressed our gratitude to the one who gave us the gift. When we get given something by someone that we desperately needed and we couldn't have gotten for ourselves, we just know that we just have to tell them how grateful we are. And sometimes... That continues for a long time. We see them again and we're like, I'm so grateful that back then you did this. Or back then you did that. Because of the difference we've seen that that gift has made to our lives. 
Alright, so we've set the baseline now. We've all got a good picture of what gratitude is. And so you might be thinking, yeah, I agree. Anyone who gets a good gift that they really need from someone should be really grateful for it. But why talk about it? What does being grateful do to us? How does it enrich our lives? And this is what I'm excited about. This is what I want to get into. So let's check this out. Have you ever seen someone who experiences a moment of gratitude, of, you know, that deep appreciation, and their day gets worse? <laughs> Never happens. No, no one goes, oh, I'm so grateful. Now I feel so bad. Oh, and they're angry and, you know, I wish it had never happened. No. <laughs> this is what being grateful does. No matter how the day is going, it might be the worst day ever. And if you just get given that thing that you need, suddenly the day gets better. We can all identify with that. We can all know that feeling of the day getting better. This is what gratitude does for our lives. It gives us that boost in our day. And oh, so good to get a boost, right? If you haven't eaten in three days and someone gives you some food, it might just be like a fruit, maybe a mango, you're so grateful. It's just a mango. <laughs> but you're so grateful because you needed it. And you see, the thing is, if you take that same fruit, that mango, that that guy was so grateful for, and give it to someone who has lots of food, so much food, they're not going to be grateful for it. In fact, they might take it and throw it away. Really, that, that's the reality. Because they have so much food. And so it seems... Like, we naturally sort of somehow are conditioned to be grateful for those rare events. You know, those rare good events in our lives. And, and that seems, yeah, normal. It could be, you know, someone coming along to give you a full scholarship to study the thing you've always dreamed of doing at that really great college or university. Or someone comes along and gives you tickets to, like, you know, the World Cup final. Or someone says, you know what, I'm gonna fly you on a private jet to this really, really nice tropical island. And you're like, wow, I'm really grateful for that. You know, these are rare events. And by definition, they do not happen to everybody. And for the people that it does happen for, those events, the occurrences are very few and very, very, very far between, right? And so it seems like there's a common thread emerging here that cuts across the different circumstances and situations. And it's that if you get given something, or if you receive something from someone that would have been difficult or impossible for you to get yourself, then we're grateful for it, right? And so it seems it's really easy to be grateful for those rare events or, you know, that experience that we couldn't get for ourselves or this thing that we couldn't give to ourselves. We're super grateful for it. But as I've been drawn deeper into gratitude, I've really been challenged. I've been challenged to expand the scope of things that I'm grateful for 
to broaden the horizons a bit. I mean, just imagine if instead of those rare moments of gratitude in our whole lives, each day was filled with, you know, 10 of those gratitude boosts, you know, boom, 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 boom. I mean, that's a really good day, right? And we need that. We need more of that in our lives. And so I spent time thinking about this and two ways came to me, two ways with which we can broaden the horizons, you know, enlarge the scope of things that we're grateful for. And the first is to think about how, you know how it is sometimes when we don't realize the value of something that we've had maybe for a long time until it's taken away from us. I'm sure many people listening can relate to that in some way. So one of the ways I'm expanding this scope is by spending time each day to take a real look at life and see what are the things that I have that I really should value because if they were taken away, that would have a big negative impact on my life. And that's the first way. And the second way is really very similar to the first way. But it's more about looking around at others and listening to stories from people in different circumstances and situations from ourselves to understand what things we should value. It's, it's a way of challenging our assumptions of what almost we normally would feel entitled to. I should be able to do this. You know, I should be able to walk. I, sh- I should be able to, you know, run and see and smell and taste and talk. You know, we think my body should obviously be able to do all these things. And we sort of take it as a given. But we can see from other people that even, even some people from birth, because they didn't have the ability to do all these things, we can see that we should actually be grateful they they were they weren't given these abilities right from the beginning but we have received these abilities and we should be so grateful for these things because not everyone is guaranteed to have all these gifts you know it's so easy for us to become accustomed to things to become used to things as this is the new standard it happens all the time in our society and so of course it happens in the way we think about ourselves Like, if you take a car, for example, a number of years ago, if you wanted to buy a car, it was luxury to have foldable side mirrors, you know? Now, if you buy a car and it doesn't have automatic, you know, electronic mirrors that fold themselves by the push of a button, it's like, what? That should be standard, right? We've become accustomed to something as being normal, and so we, we, we don't appreciate it as the gift that it is. And that's just one example. It's so easy for us to become accustomed to things because we look around and decide this is now the new normal. It could be with a job. We go to university, work hard, study hard, get the grades, and we think, well, now I should get a job. It should be standard. And then we get a job and we don't look at it as a gift. We're not grateful for it because... We think it should be standard. You know, I came across an article about a young girl called Julie 
who had a rare condition. And the article was titled, Out of Touch. I'm just going to read the first few paragraphs of that article. It says, The pediatricians finally believed something was wrong the day two-year-old Julie placed her hands on a hot wood stove and left them there. The toddler, with a head of pale blonde hair, didn't flinch or jerk her hands away. She didn't shriek. Her mother panicked. Jackie and other family members rushed to Julie's side, pulling her hands from the iron. The soft red skin resembled slabs of raw meat. At the hospital, one of her family members again tried to tell the doctor something wasn't right with her. Julie would bump herself, cut her finger accidentally, fall down, and react with apathy. No whimpers, no tears. She seemed to have little instinct for self-preservation. And when I read that, I just thought, oh my goodness. We don't appreciate our sense of pain, our sense of touch. But pain gives us useful information. Self-preservation. And sometimes we we should be grateful that when we have pain, even emotional pain, we thank, thank God for our emotions that tell us when things are not quite going right sometimes, you know? And these are things that we should be grateful for that we have. We have these cues. We have these things that help us keep us safe. That's the purpose of all these things. It's self-preservation. Look at that. So now I wake up in the morning with a huge gratitude boost. I'm just like, wow, I, I, I can breathe. I can feel. I can see. I can... Oh, you know, the funny thing, I went walking once, some time ago, and I started looking around in the park and seeing all the different trees and flowers and not even just the trees and plants, but also the rocks, the different shades of brown and gray and all sorts of other colors, you know, muddy red and all of that. And it just, I was just amazed. I was just like, wow, there's so much beauty around here. And for the first time, I actually thought, wow, thank God I can see in color. <laughs> it never occurred to me to think about what the world would be like if I couldn't see in color. Because there are people who are colorblind. But see, looking around at other people, knowing about other people's circumstances, knowing about this girl, Julie, tells me that when I wake up in the morning, I should be grateful for all these things. Like the sight the ability to move and work out. I love working out. Do exercise. See in color. Feel pain. I'm so grateful for these things because which of us by thinking hard enough or wishing hard enough or trying hard enough or exerting ourselves enough can give ourselves one of these things? If we're colorblind, can a person give themselves sight and color again? If there's no sense of touch, can a person give themselves a sense of touch? No. Which of us, by thinking about it, can give ourselves by force one more breath? No. The breathing happens without us even thinking. (laughs) It's a gift. Isn't it great that it happens without thinking? Imagine if you had to think every time. (laughs) That's just my imagination going. But it's, 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 it's amazing, all of these things. But what can happen? What can happen? We can be involved in an accident. 
or we can contract a disease, or we can go through a really traumatic experience that damages us or removes these gifts. Someone may be involved in an accident where they're no longer able to use their legs, or someone may get a disease that takes away their senses. Maybe their sense of smell, taste, makes it really difficult to breathe, steals the energy from you. Doesn't that make you grateful for good health? Or someone may go through a very traumatic experience as a child where their emotions have been damaged and they can't feel certain things that they're meant to. So all these things, as I look at my life and I remember these things, I'm so grateful. And as I go through the day, I get that boost. So good to get those boosts. So, so good. But you know... Sometimes I find it is harder to do this scope expansion, you know, of the things that I'm grateful for, the things that I have this deep appreciation for, when things aren't going well, when there's just one bad situation after another, and it just seems like there's no end to it. It can be really hard to, you know, get into this mindset of, appreciating all these good things that we have you know i mean just life we're alive but no one appreciates the bad stuff in life right of course not but bad stuff does unfortunately happen and for many of us it happens more frequently than we would like in fact we would probably all of us probably would like there to be no bad thing but then, what do we do when we have these you know, bad situations or we face bad circumstances or difficult circumstances? What do we do? How do we find gratitude in those seasons? One thing I often find for myself is that I have dreams. I have dreams for the future. I have dreams of things that I want to see in my life. You know, things that I want to come into the reality of my life. And so I'm making plans and trying to take steps that I think will take me closer to seeing that thing, that dream come into reality in my life. You know, I'm looking out for opportunities and taking in the best advice I can get just so that I make sure I give this thing the best shot that I can. And I like to think that it's the same for most people. Most people have dreams for their lives, dreams that they want to have come into reality in the future. But then, as is often the case in life, things sometimes don't go the way we've planned, right? I don't know if anyone can relate with that. Sometimes things just don't work out. And our dream that we th thought would come into reality after taking certain steps just don't come. And it might be hard in those moments to get into a mindset of gratitude but how do we do it because we need gratitude in our lives in all seasons so when we're in a season of disappointment feeling let down by life and just all the circumstances seem to be against us when we face so much opposition and we feel like we're in a losing battle and just things are really difficult how do we get ourselves into this space where we can 
Be grateful for all these good gifts that God gives us. You know, all this talk about dreams reminds me of a story very near the beginning in the Bible in Genesis about a boy called Joseph and his family. And Joseph's family was not simple. I don't know if anyone can connect with that statement right away. Like he had one brother and 10 half brothers. One father, four different mamas. Like it was not simple. <laughs> and you can imagine growing up in that household. And oh, and if you haven't read the story, I would definitely encourage you to read the story. It's in Genesis chapter 37. And it's so interesting. This is so interesting. I guarantee this is as good, if not better than Anything that is on TV or any kind of media right now is just so amazing. Let's get into it and see what happened with Joseph. Because he had dreams for his future, as we all do. So when we join the story, Joseph is 17. And he has grown to become his father's favorite. Favorite son out of 12 brothers. And his dad gave him this amazing multicolored coat. And it was splendid and it just was a little bit too much because the brothers saw how much his dad loved him, loved Joe, and they just hated him. And then one day Joe has this dream. He sees his haystack stand up and the 11 brothers are standing around him and their haystacks stand up and their haystacks begin to bow down to his And he wakes up and he's like, what does this mean? And then one day while he goes out to see his brothers, he tells them his dream. And they hear it and they interpret it as being that he is thinking he will reign over them. Meaning like they will all work for him. And they hated him even more. And then as if he couldn't read the mood of his brothers, he has another dream. And in this other dream, He tells it to his brothers again and he says, look, this time the sun, the moon and 11 stars bow down to me. And so he told it to his father and his brothers and his father rebuked him. His father told him off. He said, what is this dream that you have had? Shall your mother and I and your brothers really come and bow down to you? And his brothers were even more jealous and more envious, and they hated him even more. I don't know if anyone can relate to that. Difficult family circumstances where there is just something that causes some friction between members of the same family, where there's supposed to be peace and love and fellowship and togetherness. And instead, you have this friction. You know, people are against each other. And it's just, that can be really tough. And it's, it's hard to think, how can I be grateful when my brother is against me? Let's see what Joseph did. So after some time, his father sent him to go check on his brothers out in the field. Go see how they're doing, he said. And so off Joseph went. And when he got to the place where he was expecting to find them, they weren't there. And so he asked someone, have you seen my brothers? And they tell him, oh, they've moved on to another place. And so off he goes in that direction. And as he's on his way, his brothers look up and see him in the distance. 
and they start conspiring against him. They say, let's kill him. Let's just kill him and throw him into some pit. And we'll just say some wild beasts came and devoured him. And then we'll see what becomes of all his dreams. Man, that's tough. Your own brothers. But then the eldest brother, Reuben, Ruby boy, he came, he heard what they were saying, and he tried to save Joe. He tried to save Joseph. He said, let us not kill our brother. Don't shed any blood. Just throw him into the pit. And his plan was, he'll come back later and pull him out of the pit and you know, bring him back home. And so the story goes on. That when Joseph had come to where his brothers were, they stripped him of that coat, that that multicolored coat that his dad had got him. And they took him and threw him into this really deep pit. And it was empty and there was no water in it. And then they sat down to eat. They actually sat down to eat. And then they lifted their eyes up and looked and they saw some traders, merchants who were heading over to Egypt. And they said, and one of the brothers said, oh, look, there's no point in killing our brother, right? And trying to like hide the fact from our family that we killed our brother. Let's just sell him off, right? And we'll get some money and he'll be, we'll be rid of him. And so they pulled him up out of the pit and they sold him as a slave for 20 shekels of silver. That's how can you sell your own brother? They sold their own brother as a slave. And so Joseph got taken to Egypt. And it says that when Reuben, the ruby boy, the firstborn, he came back because that was his plan all along. He came back and saw that the pit was empty. He, it says he, he tore his clothes. He was gutted because he thought that they had killed Joseph. And so the brothers took Joseph's coat and killed a baby goat and just dripped it in the blood, right? They dipped the coat in the blood. And then they took it to their father saying, look, we just found this coat. Is this your son's coat? And the father saw the coat and he recognized it. And he said, oh my God, my son has been devoured by a wild beast. And he tore his own clothes. And it just that was just a sign of how painful the experience was that was the expression back then and it says that he mourned he mourned for his son now looking at the beginning of joseph's story it's just full of so much sadness joseph came to his family with his dreams things he had seen about his future which looked good and he was expecting to get support and instead he got betrayal his own brothers, his own brothers, those he trusted and he expected to find help from and support from, betrayed him. I don't know if there are people listening who have had difficult family relationships. Difficult family relationships. Something has happened. Someone did something that just broke it all. And now the family is divided. And there's betrayal and there's hurt and there's all sorts of things going on. And it's hard. It's hard to be grateful for your family you didn't choose. You were given that family. And how do you be grateful for this when it's so hard? You know, I didn't quite have that experience in my life. But I did have a moment when 
my relationship with my parents was not the best. And I remember one particular day we had an argument, and I can't remember what the argument was about, but it was, it, it seemed really important to me at that time. And I, I was furious. And I remember just being like, they just can't see what's wrong here. And I remember praying about it. And the funny thing was, I remember Jesus telling me, he said, if I was living with you, and I did what your parents did to you, would you forgive me? And I remember thinking, of course, Jesus, of course I would forgive you, because I know how many times you forgive me. And then Jesus said to me, he said, look, then just pretend like you're living with two me's. <laughs> oh my goodness, that was tough. But as I began to... No, my parents did not change. My parents did not change. But what changed, because of the words that Jesus spoke directly to me, my heart and attitude towards them changed. I shifted from a place of unforgiveness to a place of I'm now open to forgive. No matter what they do, no matter how many times they do it, I will still forgive because that's what Jesus does for me. And I've had that experience. And, and my goodness, the relationship changed. And since that moment, we have had a much better, in fact, it's been growing increasingly well. I enjoy spending time with my parents, you know, that, that, that's, that, that's, it's, it, you, you. but, but this is what Jesus does. This is, this is, this, this is how he pours his fullness of life into our relationship. He's not just interested in the relationship we have with him, you know, between us and God. No, Jesus is interested in the relationships we have with each other. And he doesn't care who was at fault. It might be that you are the person who did something that broke up a relationship in the family or between close friends. But Jesus is not looking to be a judge and try and find out whose fault is it. He only said to me, forgive, be willing to forgive. And I think he's just wanting to do that to people, to heal relationships, to pour out forgiveness and allow us to enjoy the family that we've been given and be grateful for it, to, to, to be grateful for it again. Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be such an amazing experience to wake up and be like, I'm so grateful for my family. And if you're there and you're listening and you, you would like that, I just want to pray with you, for you. And it's so simple. Just pray along with me. Jesus hears everything we ask him. And so we can just invite him into our lives and say, would you please come in and teach me how you continue to forgive so generously. And would you heal the relationships in my family and between my friends that have been broken so that I can be grateful again for these gifts, these people that are gifts to me. Amen. I'm so looking forward to continuing this story in the next episode and just looking more at this subject. But one more thing I feel I should mention is just that there may be someone listening who feels like they've been rejected by everyone. It almost feels like it's impossible to get that reconnection. 
and it, you feel like if people know what you have done or what you are like, what you were like, you would get that same response. It would be a rejection. But I feel God saying, no, I, that is God, he knows everything and still chooses you as his friend. This is the amazing thing about God. It's, it's not that he doesn't know. He knows everything and still chooses us. I mean, I'm so grateful that Jesus was in my life back then to heal my relationship with my parents. And now I am, I'm so grateful for my parents. Yeah, I have no idea. Now that I realize I'm, I'm much closer to them and I realize just how much of a blessing they are to me. I'm so grateful and you can be too. And so for everyone listening, I just hope that you can find a way to get into that space of increased gratitude and that you get those boosts all throughout the day and you have an experience, and not just a one-time experience, but actually a life of the, you know, more of the full life that Jesus came to give, which is amazing. Yeah, have a great, great day and see you next time.